The White House is calling the attack barbaric. <laughs> a massive airstrike at a children's hospital in Maripol is leaving mothers and their children scrambling for help. The blast left this nursery shattered, also creating a monstrous crater outside. Ukraine's president calling the attack proof of a Russian genocide. What kind of country is Russian Federation that is afraid of hospitals? afraid of maternity wards and destroys them. The besieged port city in the south has come under heavy Russian bombardment that has now cut off electricity and water to more than 400,000 people. City officials say at least 1,200 civilians have been killed since the war began. This is the kind of thing that uh, a dictator does in, in, a, in an act of terrorism in order to get uh, civilians to put pressure on the government to try to surrender. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Politicking, a podcast designed to be an urban guide to understanding politics and world news. I'm your host, Keontae McDonald, and I want to thank you for listening. First and foremost, shout out to everyone who's uh, sent me a message, everyone who's listened to this podcast and was prompted to send me a message. I'm getting messages from people I kind of never expected to get them from. Like they weren't just relegated to people in Southern California or um, America for that matter. Like I've, I've gotten messages from people from Canada. Um, I've got a message from a person from France listening in um, the UK, even Amsterdam. So man, I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. I appreciate you guys sharing it, man. And uh, it's just beautiful, beautiful to see everybody in my inbox. So that's the first thing I want to say. Just wanted to show my gratitude for that. Um, but let's go ahead and just jump right into our topics for today. The first topic, let's go ahead and do an update in Ukraine. Ukrainian and Russian diplomats are meeting in Turkey for the first high-level peace talk since Russia invaded Ukraine two weeks ago. This comes as Russia is facing condemnation for an attack on a maternity hospital in the city of Mariupol. CBS News' Elijah Westbrook here with the very latest developments for us. Elijah, good morning. I can tell you that Ukrainian officials say at least three people are dead, including a child, and more than a dozen others are wounded after a Russian airstrike destroys a maternity hospital in Mariupol. Now, in the capital of Kyiv, thousands of civilians are making their way to safety, while a top Ukrainian advisor says ceasefires in many other regions are not holding. So fighting is still going on in Ukraine at the moment. Um, the invasion hasn't halted at all. Um, actually, Russia and Ukraine, actually, they held a fourth, number four, a fourth peace talk um, that still had no solution to it, no no end, no resolve to it. Um, but in that peace talk, let me, let me read you exactly the demands that Russia had for Ukraine to stop the invasion. So this says... Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov revealed Russia's harsh demands for Ukraine. They want Ukraine to halt its military activity, to change its constitution to include neutrality so it can't join the EU or NATO. It wants Ukraine to recognize Crimea as a Russian territory, and then also they want Ukraine to recognize the independence of two separatist regions. Now, um, I'm going to try to pronounce these regions that they want. <laughs> um, Dantusk and Lungansk. So, hey, if you if you're a listener from Ukraine, let me know if I if I said those right. <laughs> but those are the demands that Russia want from Ukraine. Um, and if you don't understand like what all that means, let me go ahead and break it down for you line for line. So let's start with where it says Ukraine wants. I mean, Russia wants Ukraine to halt its military activity. 
Basically, what they want Ukraine to do and what they're saying is, even though I hit you first, this is Russia talking, even though I hit you first, I want you to stop hitting me back immediately. Go ahead and put your hands down. Stop protecting yourself immediately. That's number one. Number two, they said they want Ukraine to change its constitution to include neutrality so that it can't join the EU or NATO. So Russia is basically saying, even though, you know, you know, we used to be in a relationship, but even though we're not together now, I want you to go ahead and get on Facebook, change your status to taken. And I don't want you talking or seeing anybody else. <laughs> That's the second thing. Number three, it says that Russia wants Ukraine to recognize Crimea as a Russian territory. Now, a little back, a little short backstory on Crimea. Back in 2014, um, Russia had actually invaded Crimea. They annexed Crimea and tried to take it over. Um, so now pretty much what they're saying is, remember you know, when we were together, remember that car you used to let me use all the time? Yeah, I want you to go ahead and just, you might as well just go ahead and put that in my name. You know what I mean? So it could be looked at as mine. So that's what Russia wants Ukraine to do. And the last thing is that Russia wants Ukraine to recognize the independence for those two separatist regions that are in Ukraine. Basically telling them, you know what? Why don't you just go ahead and let me use uh, your two kids on my taxes for this year? So that's basically what Russia is demanding in a nutshell. And after hearing those explanations, do you think Ukraine is going to say, oh, OK, yeah, we can we can surely definitely do that. Um, you know, it makes them not independent anymore, it makes them not their own country. They would essentially be Russia's. Um, so, of course, they responded, responded to those demands with a swift no. Um, but. You know, from that, as you can see, this this invasion is going nowhere um, at this point. And on top of that, you know, you have Russia just being big trash. Um, earlier this week, they bombed an actual maternity and children's hospital in the city of Maripol. Um, you know, and then they had the nerve after the bombing took place. They had the nerve to go on Russian, you know, TV circuits and say, "Oh, that you know that news of that bombing is fake. That was that's something staged by Ukraine to pretty much make us look bad." Like, bruh, y'all invaded a whole country. Um, y'all done killed some civilians already. I mean, I don't know how much more bad that you're looking. Like, you're in the world stage looking bad. So I, I'm, I'm just confused. I'm confused at that logic. I'm mean, at that logic, and confused at that tactic to try to spin that around. Um, also, too, on top of that, like Ukraine has been trying to create, like you know, refugee lines where you know, pretty much places pass for refugees to travel out for safety to get to the neighboring countries like Poland. Um, and things like that. And in those lines, you've had some, you know, Russian military actually bombing those lines and, you know, and killing civilians. So, man, again, prayers up for Ukraine. Um, you know, what Russia is doing is just wild. Well, I'm only, like I said, going back to my last episode, I don't want to just put Russia as a whole in a nutshell because there are some supporters in Russia, um, you know, that don't support this war. You know, they don't support Putin invading, invading it. So it's more so Putin and the Kremlin, which is, you know, pretty much the, the, the governmental organization um, in Moscow, the, 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 the central of Moscow that, that, you know, is actually doing this invasion. They're the ones who actually start this invasion. So um hope it comes to an end soon, man, because, you know, it's, it's nonetheless something crazy going on in this world. Um, but stand with the international news. Um, let's go ahead and move on to our second topic. We just learned this weekend that 31-year-old two-time Olympic champion and seven-time NBA All-Star center Brittany Griner 
was arrested three weeks ago at an airport near Moscow on drug charges. Griner was taken into custody for allegedly having vape cartridges containing hashish oil in her luggage. Griner was in uh, Russia playing for a Russian team during her offseason, which she has done for the last seven years. According to CBS News, a criminal case has been opened, and the punishment can carry a jail sentence of up to 10 years in Russia. This next topic hits a little close for home for me because if you know me personally, you know that I'm a huge fan um, of the WNBA, um, especially, you know, me now having two daughters. Um, when my first daughter was born, I mean, I really, really, you know, start, started paying more attention to the WNBA. I was already a fan before, you know, but I would catch games kind of here and there. Um, but, you know, for the past like few years, I've really been making it a point to try to watch the whole entire season, just like uh, with the NBA game, because I want to support them. I want to be a viewer. Um, and, you know, just my little count hopefully raises their, their viewership counts up. But like I said, I'm a huge WNBA fan. Um, matter of fact, you know, shameless plug, my favorite player in the WNBA right now is Asia Wilson, number 22 of the Las Vegas Aces. Um, and I would say also to Enrique Ogunbowale, number 24 of the Dallas Wings. She's a close second for my, my favorite player. She be balling. Um, but Skipping on to that, man, we, we got some terrible news at the beginning of the week um, that Phoenix Mercury star center and an Olympic gold medalist, Brittany Griner, um, has been detained in Russia. Um, she was actually detained um, a little bit like a couple of weeks before the actual invasion happened. Um, and they said that she was detained um, coming into customs, coming in through the airport in Russia because they found hashish oil with inside of her bag. Um, and if you don't know what hashish oil is, pretty much the breakdown of it, it's like, a, you know, you use it for a vape pen and the oil contains like CBD oil in it. So like a more concentrated form of like cannabis or, or weed, if you have you. Um, so they found that in her bag and because of that, she's been detained. Um, also to note, Russia has like a real strict drug zero tolerance policy. Um, and you know, this could carry a five to 10 year prison sentence. So hopefully it doesn't get to that point. Hopefully, you know, America can negotiate and get her out of there, but I don't know. It just seems kind of tough to, to, to do that right now with Russia focusing on its invasion of Ukraine. So we don't know how long she's going to be in there. But, man, I pray it comes to an end soon. But also, man, to add to the matters, like, we got to also remind ourselves that Brittany is black. She's 6'8", and she's a member of the LGBTQ community, which, you know, Russia frowns upon that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Russia is a, you know, is a state that really doesn't support, you know, homosexuality or, you know, the LGBTQ community in itself. So, man, you know, she has a lot of things kind of stacked up against her. And, you know, I just hope that, you know, her voice doesn't go unheard and everything that going on with that's going on with her because, you know, this is it's, it's just a crazy situation. But, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people bring up uh, on Facebook and, and Twitter asking, like, why is she in Russia anyway? Like, why was some, you know, why would somebody like that go to Russia? And I think that this opens up a bigger conversation um, for the WNBA players and, you know, the pay wage gap between the WNBA players and the NBA players, the women and versus the men, pretty much. And um, I want to give a, I want to give some numbers right here in the figures to tell you exactly why Brittany was in Russia. Now, in the WNBA, 
the highest contract um, currently right now that a person can receive, like, you know, the best player um, is, you know, a two year contract right now. A two year contract held by Diana Taurasi, who I, who I think is the GOAT of the WNBA. I think Cheryl Miller is the greatest bas women's basketball player I've ever seen. She never made it to the WNBA because of the injury. But right now, if I had to put a GOAT in the WNBA, it's either Diana Taurasi or Cynthia Cooper. Um, but anyway. Diana Taurasi has a two-year contract that's worth four hundred and fifty thousand. Um, so you break that down, so she's getting paid about like two twenty and some change a year, and that's on the high mark. That's a high, the highest salary for a WNBA player. The minimum salary for an NBA player per year is not is between nine hundred and twenty-five thousand to two point six million dollars a year. So. Like I said, with just that piece, that talking piece, that kind of gives you a reason why Brittany Griner is in Russia. Um, a lot of WNBA players, since you know they they're not making pretty much what they should be making in, in America. Let's be honest, um, because if the if the minimum salary for a player in the, on an NBA team, somebody that's riding a bench, somebody that's not even going to see any playing time potentially, that's just on a practice squad essentially. Um, if they're making like two point six million a year. Brittany Griner is one of the she's one of the star players in the WNBA right now. She's a star center. If you watch the WNBA games, I remember back in the day when you know it was a big when, when it was a big deal made of Lisa Leslie Duncan, and it was like oh you know the the first woman player to dunk in a, in a WNBA game. This year, if you I mean this past year, if you watch the WNBA, Brittany Griner dunks like she 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 dunks like every other game almost. Um, and, you know, she's that's just how powerful she is and, and how big of a star she is. She also won an Olympic gold medal this year. Um, but a lot of WNBA players, when their season ends, the WNBA season ends, a lot of them, they travel abroad and play for other teams abroad, which Brittany Griner has been doing for about the past seven seasons, going to Russia to to collect more money, pretty much to make up the difference of what she's not making in America. I mean, a lot of women do this, and it's because of just this big pay disparity. Now, a lot of people will bring into the fold the conversation of, well, you know, why the NBA plays their players, players more um, is because, you you know, that league makes more. A lot of people come out and turn out and see the games, you know, which, okay, you know, you can have that argument that there's more people attending w, uh, NBA games versus WNBA games. So the revenue isn't there. But like I said, the WNBA is a subsidiary of the NBA and the NBA pulls in so much money. And I mean, a bunch of money. You have players like Steph Curry who are, Steph Curry is on his second, not his first. He's on his second $200 million contract. <laughs> from, you know, from plan, he's almost made half a billion dollars in the NBA on his contract alone, not even including his own endorsements, his shoe endorsements, his clothing endorsements, Gatorade and all that stuff. Um, so I think that the, the NBA has a lot of money to really kind of toss around. And I'm not saying that every player has to sacrifice part of that paycheck, but I would guarantee that, you know, if you ask, because there are some men who are advocates, some NBA players who are advocates for the WNBA, that's especially Kobe, like Kobe was a was a big advocate for the WNBA. You, when he was alive here on Earth, you would see him at WNBA games with his daughter, um, and he was always just you know you know buddy buddy with the players. Um, but I bet if you asked NBA players, like okay, hey, look, can we, is it possible? You know, do you would you like to donate part of your salary, like you know I don't know a million dollars or even five hundred thousand dollars from each player's salary? 
you know, who is higher than the, you know, I don't know, 10 million mark or something like that, that money could surplus the WNBA and get these women paid the way that they should be paid. You know what I mean? And then there's also other things that the NBA can do with the WNBA, like marketing wise. I think this past year, though, with the 25th anniversary of the WNBA, uh, I remember their, I remember looking at the numbers and their viewership did go up a lot. And I think it's because of the change in marketing. They had the, you know, those, the new edition jerseys and everything. So it brought more awareness and more attention to the WNBA, which was great. Um, but I think that the NBA really needs to continue to step on that um, and really, you know, figure out the CBA uh, situation with the WNBA players where they could get paid more. Because there's even been some owners that have come out, like Mark Davis, um, the owner of the Las Vegas Aces, who, you know, made history because he just signed Becky Hammond which is she used to be a women's basketball player um but then she ended up getting an assistant coaching job in the nba for one of the greatest coaches ever greg popovich in san antonio now she will be the head coach for the las vegas aces starting this year and it was a record-breaking contract because she's the first coach in the wnba to get paid a um, million dollars a year you know mark davis can shell out that money because he got it he's also the owner of the raiders um, but you know, he's always, he, he's, and he's also been on record of saying like, you know, I wish I could pay the players more, but it's the CBA agreement that they have. So, um, saying all that to say, man, something really has to change in the WNBA as far as the, the pay scale goes. And, you know, unfortunately with Britney's situation, I hope that this does become a major talking point for that change because our women shouldn't have to finish out a full season here and then have like two week a two week or three week break and then travel abroad and have to pay some place somewhere else just to get the pay that they should be getting here in america um so something's got to change man with the pay even the you know the leave time you know you have some women wmea players that you know maybe want to start a family um you know there has to be protection for them I, there just has to be some things that have to change and i hope that this is a real starting point of that talk and um, also, man, again, I just hope that the situation with Brittany Griner works out for the best, for the good, and that she's able to get out of there from, from Russia. Um, so, man, prayers with Brittany and her family and the whole WNBA community on this one. Switching gears from international news to things happening here in America. Um, let's go ahead and continue to speak on the topic of, you know, a black celebrity in America. A major Hollywood director handcuffed and mistaken for a bank robber, according to a police report. We're talking about Black Panther director Ryan Coogler. The filmmaker was questioned by police in Atlanta back in January after he tried to withdraw his money from a Bank of America. The report says bank employees thought the 35-year-old who was wearing a face mask and glasses was staging a robbery because he handed a note to a teller asking for at least $10,000 from his account. Here's a look at that police report. You see it highlighted. It says police, quote, determined that Mr. Coogler did pass a written, filled out withdrawn slip, withdrawal slip, with a note written on the back of the withdrawal slip to be discreet when handing him the cash. So Ryan Coogler, um, now, I'm going to say this. I'm going to preface this because me, I'm a big movie buff. I'm a big movie fan. Like, you know, I could if I'm walking down the street and I, and I see my favorite movie director, which would be like Christopher Nolan or somebody like that. I know that I could recognize him off the bat, you know, or Quentin Tarantino. I, I can recognize him, you know, on the street in plain clothes. I don't think a lot of people can do that. But 
that's neither here nor there in this case, because let me give you the details of exactly what happened with Ryan Coogler at a Bank of America. So Ryan Coogler goes into a Bank of America in Atlanta, of all places. OK, if you don't know really about Atlanta, Atlanta is like a thrive. It's like the black Hollywood is what they call it. It's a thriving city of black Americans that, you know, are starting businesses, have successful businesses, so on and so forth. He walked into a Bank of America in Atlanta. Um, gets a withdrawal, a withdrawal sheet, you know, that the, the paper you would use to write, like, uh, you know, my this is my checking account, this is what I want to withdraw. He got one of those sheets, filled it out, and on the back of that sheet, on the back of that withdrawal slip, he wrote a note, and this is exactly what his note said, I would like to withdraw $12,000 cash from my checking account. Please do the money count somewhere else because I would like to be discreet. Okay, now... I've seen some questions about people saying, well, why would he pass up? Why would he pass a note? That's like a telltale bank robber sign or whatnot. Um, Ryan Coogler, just like he said in this note, he's trying to be discreet. Ryan Coogler, basically, he know what time it is. He know that people are out here hurting and people are out here doing crazy stuff. If you lived in Southern California, I'm, I don't know if this news was like public around uh, America, but... I remember like in the the ending of last year in Southern California, there were so many like robberies, people going out to like Hollywood or Rodeo Drive and following people home who were driving like Ferraris and Lamborghinis and then robbing them. Um, we had an unfortunate situation where Jacqueline Avant was somebody broke into their house and, and, and murdered her. Um, you know, the wife of Clarence Avon, who's a, you know, who's a big person in, in the music industry, in the, in the entertainment business, um, you know, so we've had all of these unfortunate incidents going on. And, you know, one can only say that this is because of the, you know, just the stress that people are under. So Ryan Coogler is trying to be smart here. He doesn't want, you know, he don't want them bringing the $12,000 and counting it out in the front for everybody to see like, oh, okay. Or, you know, to just speak that out loud, like, you know, I'm going to pull out $12,000, you know what I mean? With people around him or something like that. So he's trying to be discreet. And also I'd like to make notice that he said that he's done this multiple times as well before. And this is the first time he's ran into this problem. So, you know, what happened is, you know, he got, he gave the note to the teller, the teller, for some reason, she, you know, she, she felt that this was a bank robbery attempt. She went to the back, you know, told him to hold on, went to the back, talked to her supervisor, told, told the supervisor, yeah, I think the guy's trying to rob the place because he has a mask and sunglasses on. Mind you, we're still in the pandemic. Mind you, we're still in the pandemic. And actually this, this event didn't even take place like recently. This actually took place in January. We're just now getting the info for it. So, you know, we were, you know, the mask mandates weren't lifted or nothing like that. He's still wearing a mask inside. So, you know, she goes and tells her supervisor. The supervisor says, okay, well, you know, go ahead and call the cops and I'll go out and stall them. You know, go out and stall the guy. So the cops show up, um, pull, his, pull their guns out. One of them pulls the gun out on him. Oh, and now they handcuff him in the bank and, and take him out. Um, now, I know a lot of you guys are going to say, well, I don't really think this is, you know, this would be a racist situation because the blank teller was back. And, you know, the woman that, you know, passed by when he was getting escorted out by the cops, she said the woman that said, good job, she was black, too. But let's not act like there's no such thing as a black person or a person of color possessing anti-black or racist views, especially if they're raised in a country that birthed Jim Crow. Like, you know, let's not forget about slavery. Let's not forget about segregation. Let's not forget about, you know, 
just everything that has happened in this country, this country specifically to black people. You know, we can take the self-hate or, you know, bias all the way back to the time of slavery, where slave masters would, slip, would separate slaves with the darker skin versus the slaves with the lighter skin, you know? So that's where we get all these kind of complex issues where, you know, like, oh, you know, your hair's better than mine, or, you know, we take preference to lighter skin versus darker skin. Like I said, being in this country and just indoctrinated with images of, you know, just black people in general, you know, being degraded to less than human, you know what I mean? It's these views are going to come up for a lot of people. You're going to have this this kind of bias. You know what I mean? Even me, I, I had to kind of check myself. You know what I mean? I was born and raised in Compton, California. Um, now I, you know, have a family, I'm married and I live in a, in a very urban, I mean, a very suburban area, you know, in a great neighborhood where I could take my kids out and walk, you know, somewhere at night, like nine at night. I wouldn't have been able to really do that in the place where I grew up or whatnot. And, you know, just, just thinking on that, just thinking of this freedom I have and, you know, people, you know, but I still have to worry, like, you know, I'm walking out here, I'm black, I got to know that I'm black, and I hope that people aren't looking at me like, what are you kind of doing in this neighborhood? It, you know, it's that type of bias that we have to kind of get over and really think about in America, um, you know, especially when it comes to, to, to this situation as well. Um, you know, black, like I said, black people can have anti-black views and racist views because, you know, it's kind of what we've been indoctrinated to you know, to believe from the movies, the, the thugs and, you know, even the way the news portrays black people, you know what I mean? We would, you know, if something happens, the black person in the news would be called the criminal or if, but if, if, you know, if a person of a lighter skin color or a white person, if they do something, you know, they're just called the suspect or, or, or something like that. It's just, you know, just really slick things that, that, that have been presented to us in American culture, um, that, you know, push us towards having this type of bias. But anyway, moving on with this story, um, you know, so he was arrested, taken outside, man. And um, one thing that Ryan Coogley, even did, I mean, I want to applaud him for being just as cool and calm as he was because he was well, he was well within his right to do what he was doing. You know what I mean? The craziest thing is, it's just like, we're... I, I'm trying to figure out like where common sense was in this situation because if the man comes to the bank, writes on the paper that I want to take out $12,000 out of my checking account, it's not like he walked to the counter and said, put, put the money in the bag. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, I just want, give me $12,000 right now. He said, of my checking account. Also, we look further into it. The teller also asked him for ID to match up the ID to the account or whatnot. And he also had his debit card available put his debit card in there, put the PIN number in there. So from that point, everything should have checked out. But uh, like I said, again, there was a lack of common sense, a lapse of common sense, um, and the police were called. You know, like I said, even when he got outside with the police, man, he even showed them grace and tried to help out one person. Like, you know, bro, I think you should, you know, really take these handcuffs off of me because, you know, if you just do a simple Google search of my name, you'll see why, you know, this is a mistake pretty much. Um, all in all, man, this was resolved. Um, you know, Ryan Coogler put out a statement and said that, you know, this is something that should never, never happen. But, you know, he spoke with Bank of America and they resolved the matter to, you know, his standards um, that he liked. And, you know, Bank of America also put out a statement too, saying, you know, this this is something that just totally should have never happened. And we apologize, so on and so forth. But like I said, this is just one of the other cautionary tales that we have in America while being black in America. 
Um, that is just, you know, crazy. You could be, like I said, pulling money out of your own account. Yeah, you know I mean, with the proper identification and with the following, you know, proper conduct and, you know, still get arrested, still get a gun pulled on you. And I don't want to seem like, you know, the police were just totally in the wrong in this because really the police were just responding to they were responding to a, a bank robbery call. You know what I mean? Really, the fault is on Bank of America and, you know, just the lapse of common sense um, that they use in this. So moving on to our last point um, of what is going on in America right now, um, I want to speak on the Emmett Till anti-lynching bill, anti-lynching bill that was just passed. The Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act passed in the U.S. Senate unanimously just yesterday. It passed through the U.S. House last month. Emmett Till was a black 14-year-old in 1955. Two white men were tried for the boy's murder. They were acquitted, but they later admitted to killing Till. Again, the first anti-lynching bill was introduced more than 100 years ago. That was way before Emmett Till was even born. This latest bill now goes to President Biden. He is expected to sign it into law. So the Senate almost unanimously passed the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act on Monday. Um, this this is just kind of interesting to me because, you know, I've gotten comments of people saying, like, you know, why? Why do you support Ukraine or why do you talk on Ukraine when Ukraine is a corrupt country and, you know, it's just an evil country and so on and so forth or whatnot. But these are Americans writing these comments as if as if American has America has no stain on its ledger or if America is just a saint in a church or something like that. Um, no, just like I just like I was, you know, said in the beginning of the Ryan Coogler story, like, lest we forget America's history of, of slavery, of, of Jim, Jim Crow, of segregation, the Civil Rights Act movement. You know what I mean? Like even even how they treated women. Um, but specifically on this bill, this this Emmett Till anti-lynching bill and the name attached to it, Emmett Till, if you don't you remember, Emmett Till was a 14 year old boy who was accused of whistling at a white woman, um, you know, back in the segregation times um, who ended up be, being lynched. Um, you know, he was beaten, dragged, shot in the head um, and tied they tied bricks to his foot, feet and, and threw him in a river. Um, so he can sink to the bottom of a river. Like, you know, this was the type of stuff that was going on in America, which and also the lady who said that he whistled at her later on in her years, recently, she just recounted that, that, that statement that, oh, he actually didn't do it. You know, definitely to hear that. That's just crazy in itself. But what's more crazy, the, the thing that's crazier to me is that the Senate has been trying to get this anti-lynching act bill passed since 1918. This is way well before the Emmett Till situation even came up. They have been trying to get this bill passed since 1918. Almost, bruh, almost a hundred years, more than a hundred years, more than a hundred years have passed and they're now finally passing it. They said that this bill has been in circulation in the Senate almost 200 times. 200 times they've gone back and forth on passing this. And like I said, if you heard the, the key word earlier, almost, almost is the key word, almost unanimously passed. There were three Republicans, three Republicans against this bill passing. 
wild. It, and it, and it's, it just goes to show you, you know, really how, how trash some of America still is. You know what I mean? Like, this bill pretty much, the, the, the details of this bill is, it's just pretty much something to add on to the hate crime. Um, the, a felony hate crime. Pretty much you can attach this this bill and this this law to a hate crime um, and it'll add like 30 years on to more to a sentence if there is evidence of like lynching and, and conspiracy for that. But I mean, like I said, knowing the history of what lynching is, why would you be opposed to this? Why did it take 100 years for this to pass if we're such this progressive country? You know what I mean? Like that just it, it blows my mind, but it doesn't even surprise me. And like I said, going back to the bias, you know, the bias that we're just indoctrinated with and the things that happen in this this country that we live in in America. It's just that's just wild to me, you know. So but I mean, great thing that it, it finally got passed, which this should have been passed a long time ago. And, um, you know, I just pray and hope that the Senate and the House that they could just, you know, going forward that, you know, things do change, that things continue to change, that laws continue to get passed. We're still waiting for, you know, the bills like the George Floyd Policing Act and, and things of that nature to get passed. And like I said, I just this is the country that I live in now. And I'm just hoping that, you know, I'm not saying America has to just changes colors from day to night but you know i'm just pretty much what i always heard this this quote from um one of my favorite poets propaganda we just want america to uphold its promises that it that it gave to us you know and i think that's what we're hoping for at the end of the day um so that's all i have for you guys today um thank you for being with me thank you for listening to me um if this is your first time listening to this podcast please subscribe to this podcast so you can be notified when we drop um you know episodes weekly and um also just share this podcast um with others that you know so they can stay informed on what's going on here and what's going on in the world um as always i'm your host keontae mcdonald good day god bless and until next time Thank you.